Welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. How are you today, Rosemary? I am excited, David. We have a returning guest for, uh, on the show. And, uh, you know, who better to talk to you about shortcuts than Matthew Casanelli? Yeah. Welcome back, Matt. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. I've never asked you, do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Uh, I do prefer Matthew. I feel okay. like it's a good way to distinguish from all the Matts out there. <laughs> okay. Well, I have been doing that wrong, but the very proper, no, the very proper English lady always gets it right. So I'm going to just follow her lead. You're David Sparks. <laughs> I could never admonish you for that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or people call me Sparky. Sometimes they call me names that are not, not so nice, but I try to avoid that. <laughs> Well, I think, Matthew, some of the confusion comes from the fact that Twitter does not allow long enough yes. handles for you to have your full name. So I'm guessing you had a choice between Matthew Cass or Matt Casanelli. Yes, that so. is forever my curse. And even if other, a platform does allow it, then it's confusing because it's not the same as every other one. So Somebody should automate something and fix that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's really going to be hard for me because I just called you Matt again. But Matthew <laughs> no worries. Is, is one of the shortcuts wizards of the internet. Maybe the shortcuts wizard, dare I say. Um, you know, uh, Matthew worked with the Workflow team back before they were acquired by Apple. And then you joined Apple when Workflow was acquired. And, and you were the, the one who sherpaed so many of us into getting better at automation with all of the tools that those guys were building. And you have since left Apple and you've got your own website at MatthewCastanelli.com. We'll put a link to the website, but there's two L's gang. Don't forget that. <laughs> um, and you do a bunch of stuff there for shortcuts, but you also do videos. You're uh, on smart tech today with Micah and you just got a bunch of stuff going on and you're, you're helping people automate. And I'm really just, want to take every chance I can to point my spotlight at you because I just love the stuff you do, Matthew. Well, I appreciate that. It's fun to share, and especially now that, I mean, Shortcuts has been getting better and better. I feel like somewhat low-key, but also for people who are in the space, there's been huge changes which have made a huge difference. So I'm excited to talk about it because I've even recently changed my strategy. So Yeah, because I do think that you know, there was this debate, are they going to make it better for the power users or better for the normal users? I think with iOS 14, you could make the argument they really scratched both issues. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, you could also say the the users forced it and made it better for themselves in a way that Apple probably didn't even expect, which is, was awesome to see with the whole TikTok home screen customization trend that blew up last September. Yeah, you know. That's that is something that got the. I'm sure the guys on the shortcut team were super happy when that happened, right? Because all of a sudden, Apple had a good reason to give them more resources. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I, I have no idea internally or anything like that, but it definitely. I mean, when iOS 14 came out, I think I I don't know about you, but I had been we had all been at least in the like power user realm or whatever. Um, been doing home screen customization a little bit and because Federico had his whole pack out before and I had attempted to put all of my shortcuts on the home screen then but it still did the thing where it jumped back into shortcuts first and when iOS 14 came out they didn't actually fix that and so I had assumed you were supposed to use widgets now instead and it was just kind of like not a thing but then um 
somebody made their home screen aesthetic AF and <laughs> that TikTok <laughs> went viral and everybody was like, oh, cool, I can customize. It became like a theming for app icons, mostly, at least to those people, just to use the open app action and that, but that made shortcuts spike just in terms of millions of people now learned about this app because most people didn't even know about it, about it before. Um, so I think that was a great just awareness thing that's like, this is here. I still think probably most people aren't running fancy shortcuts every day or anything like that, but it at least made Apple make the add to home screen thing work entirely without opening the app. So yeah. that was great. I think it was like 14.2 or something. I think it was 14.3. And yeah. in the first round of the beta, it was only the Apple apps. And then they said, no, 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 wait, let's just do everything. But you do have that that pop-up at the top every time yeah. um, that says, you know, shortcut says, um, or whatever it says. I've, I've kind of tuned it out just now. Just a little check mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have, I have it open uh, Safari to a new DuckDuckGo page every time, actually, so that I don't end up going down rabbit holes, uh, which is a a neat little trick that uh, I thought of a while ago, and it makes my life a lot easier. But I'm curious, Matthew, what does your home screen look like now in terms of number of shortcuts versus number of widgets which kick off automations or are populated by automations? So on iOS 14, we, I mean, I don't remember how many were before, but at least once you were able to hide home screens, I learned Mm -hmm. that there are, is it 13 or 14 screens? Um, I think 14 might be the number. I've used 13 of them um, (laughs) because, and we we can get to this later, of David's whole contextual computing thing, because I was like, yes, this is exactly what I've been doing. But um, I didn't put them on the last screen because if you then fill up that screen, it'll explode the rest of them and something will go wrong, like just saving that space so that if anything needed to overflow, it wouldn't just ruin the whole order. Um, Yeah, yeah, notice that occasionally you'll move a widget or something and then it's just everything's on all of the pages and it it takes a couple minutes to put everything back if you only have a few home screens so yeah that was for sure brutal but when i was because i've been going through i've been trying since i was 14 to get the perfect home screen and it's taken me way too long because of the shortcuts thing so like once we got the add to home screen functionality i put all of my shortcuts on the home screen and I'm not joking when I was saying like over a thousand of them. So that just literally took me, I think, like a week to do. Um, <laughs> but then <laughs> pretty much after that, I was completely overwhelmed and <laughs> because it was way too much. Um, sure. They were all in folders and everything. Um, I have a whole widget system, too, where I mean, a lot of it comes down to using apps like Notes or Timery or things set to specific lists for those different contexts on each different page mm-hmm. and even how I use shortcuts on a whole I have a color coding system by context that I had to develop before we got folders because I was also completely overwhelmed having a thousand in a giant list um, so basically now I went through a whole just like paying attention to what I was doing and realized that that wasn't working for me and so I even just in the last few weeks blew up my whole shortcuts library and turned those thousand shortcuts into much smaller, or I wouldn't say smaller shortcuts, much fewer shortcuts using menus that did the same functionality as pretty much each of those folders was doing. And then now those are all on my home screen as just a single shortcut. And it's fantastic. And even one other step that I just went through, I think a few days ago was 
on my phone versus I have an 11 inch iPad and a 12.9 inch, uh, the dock and the home, the actual phone home screen then became contextual just to which ones I would use on that device most. And I think I said to my girlfriend, I was like, I figured it out. Like it, it clicked and it worked. And I was like, Oh my gosh, especially because my shortcuts had been so much smaller they fit in there and then by device I really did have the ones that I wanted to use the most and it just like kind of lined up and I was like well that was awesome so that's my whole I've gone through a whole journey the last yeah. like six months <laughs> into widgets and then out into shortcuts and it does feel like it's actually like I was struggling with, with it for so long that I was like oh now it works and it's just kind of easy and I was like this I was so used to it being a problem that I'm like relieved or like it's confusing because it's not a problem anymore. So I'm pretty stoked. Are you so you're using like choose from menu based um, menus to get to your shortcuts? Are you running mm-hmm. them as a widget? Or are you running them as individualized shortcuts on your home screen? I'm actually mostly using just the shortcuts on the home screen because okay. the widgets do force you into four or eight. Yeah. I think I might add in the four widget. Um, shortcuts a little bit more even because at a certain point I am trying to make the home screens just look nice and having uh, not every category that I've created like uh, I think because apps like Ulysses don't have a home screen widget I don't have one for my blogging category and so putting my shortcuts there might work but there is sort of a uniformity of like having all on the home screen as opposed to in the widgets I did go before the home screen thing. I was doing a lot of shortcut stacks with 10 shortcuts in one single stack and then using that as a way to contextualize things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I just had there. um, Maybe we can address this throughout the show of there was just bugs. If the single shortcut widget wasn't working for, I think, two months or something like that, Mm -hmm. I probably didn't even think about it until last week because I just was... I didn't trust it anymore. And so there are some even home screen bugs. If you just as an awareness thing, if you use run shortcut and then run other shortcuts within that menu underneath and you don't choose one, it will just freeze the home screen and no home screen icons will work anymore. <laughs> and you have to restart your phone. And when your whole home screen shortcuts, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have encountered that. So every single menu I create now has a cancel button with an exit yeah. shortcut option because then I tap that and then it exits, exits the shortcut. And, you know, that that's that's sort of my saving grace. But yeah. you mentioned earlier, sh- um, you mentioned earlier organizing your shortcuts. So you've mm-hmm. got folders, you've got color coding. I know at some point you were doing something with icons. How are you organizing your shortcuts right now? I mean, the icons were the only way I had any sort of concept for the 1500 shortcuts before because it was still i still had like i do videos and so i put them all into red just because that's the color of youtube and i it took me a while and it was this is probably one of those things where i spent way too much time on this because i work by myself and i like have the time to do it and so most people are like oh like i really got down to like which colors were for what and also like uh, which colors were for which category and it was all entirely based off of what colors are available in shortcuts <laughs> or uh, now i need to break out a little bit of i only think of the world through these shortcuts colors <laughs> which is not great sure. um, but now with less shortcuts the menu uh, the icons are less relevant because there's just fewer of them it's it's 
before I got really detailed into, I mean, when I worked at Workflow, I actually reorganized those icons because I didn't like the order. And I, <laughs> it was like a whole P list that I just switched the order so that it made some logical sense. And so I have like a very intimate knowledge of every single icon in shortcuts. Um, but I also had every single step that is now within those menus was named for Siri. And I think that's where I got a little hung up was just making Siri shortcuts. Like I really wanted to have these available to trigger via Siri. And ultimately I don't need that many or I just can't remember 1500 phrases to say to say, like, obviously that's just insane. So I think that's why I've now stepped back from that a little bit to have those triggers just for a context. And then I'm slowly pulling as I notice that I want to tr- use one of those actions with Siri I'm pulling it out and making sort of subroutines. Um, now that we're a few years in, how many do you guys actually trigger with your voice, Matthew? Yeah, not as many, I think, because, but beca- only because of this situation. So that's sort of what I'm like excited about for the next couple of months is to try this more with my new system and to really understand. I can tell so far I'm using many more of my shortcuts because they're they're really just about that context and the yeah. individual function I think I've given too much weight to as like this is valuable on its own but once it's in a menu and easy to access it's been really useful like we could well I have some examples that we can talk about soon but just as individual trigger phrases I was never really going to say that to Siri that much but now that I'm using it I can tell oh, I would use Siri for this situation more if it wasn't in this menu, especially. So it's, it, I think it's still, I think one thing that's, is I've just haven't been using as many of mine as I've been able to build because I haven't been using the system. And so now getting more into that, I think it'll be more clear going forward which ones will be more useful for Siri. When iOS 14 came out, I decided I was going to make all my shortcuts fit into a medium-sized widget. And <laughs> yeah. um, so that's just four ones. That's just four. Yeah. Here, I'm going to show you guys. We have a Zoom open. I'm show, I'll put a thing in this show notes. But this this lower widget here, mm-hmm. and so I've got one is personal, one is legal, one is Max Barkey, and the other one is called directories, and that is like the mother of all like lists into lists. Nice. You know what I mean? So you can make it fit in four. You just may have to drill a, a little bit deeper, you know? Yeah. But pretty much. I mean, did you consider just open shortcuts as your fourth one, David? Because then there's a search button. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Except I actually like searching it through directories because those directories mm-hmm. are all logical. Right. When I press that, like, there's the communications ones, there's the photos ones, there's the health ones, you know. It's all the stuff that I don't use as often, but it's all organized by directory. So I find that I, like Matthew, I use them more in that way because I'm search, I'm looking contextually. You know, I'm looking, well, I'm going to do something. I'm about to start a workout, and I get that health directory, and I see the one that starts the timer and puts the podcast on and does all the, the stuff. And I just find that the way my brain works that works better. And I, I'm starting shortcuts on that home screen many times every day. And I think I use yeah. shortcuts more than I've ever used them because it's always on the home screen. So 
adding that extra layer or two sometimes of having to drill uh, was a downside. But the benefit is because it's in front of my face all day, I find exactly. I use shortcuts more than ever. But like Matthew, I almost never use my voice anymore to trigger shortcuts. I use my voice a lot to trigger HomeKit things. So for example, uh, it's been cold recently, so I've been turning on the electric blanket before I go to bed um, and things like that. And I absolutely love being able to talk to, to you know the magical Apple lady and the speakers to get that to happen. But I would say the vast majority of shortcuts that I run are through automations, through like things like a little NFC chip. I've got some sort of mm-hmm. dime-sized ones here. Uh, dime as in the US um, coin rather than chocolates. <laughs> um, if, if they had NFC tags in chocolates, I would have bought them and I would also be <laughs> NFC compatible now. Um, I would like but, that. Uh, then I, I could just hold my phone to my tummy and turn the lights on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only you have to, you know, point it at the right place depending on, you know, how, how long ago you ate it. But I've got stickers, I've got key rings, um, I've got all sorts of things. Yeah, nice. Um, and you know what? It makes a huge difference having those automations. I've also recently been experimenting with having um, push cut nag me to go to bed. Um, and it sounds like something you would use Jew for, but the idea is push cut checks whether or not the bedtime scene has been, or not scene, sorry, bedtime, I've got a fake toggle through um, Homebridge. Uh, it checks whether or not it's hmm. on. And if it's not on, it'll it'll check with me and then auto queue it up, uh, auto queue up another shortcut to run in 15 minutes. And then when I tap on that notification that push cut has sent me, then it runs a scene for me so that when I'm actually ready to go to bed, I just tap the button on my phone and it runs a scene and I'm done, you know, and it figures out automatically. Yeah, I need to turn on the electric blanket and other stuff as well if it's not already on and things like that, which That's is... Awesome. Awesome. Great. Um, but it's uh, amazing how much I run through automations rather than uh, my voice. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, especially like there are seven other ways to run shortcuts besides Siri. And so ultimately you should use voice when it makes sense, but you don't need to sit down and hold up your phone to like do something at your desk or there is just a lot of I think a lot of work style stuff that I do on the iPad, my HomePod will catch it. So like I don't use Siri on the iPad, I think is a big part because they really need to add like command space or whatever to, and hold it to trigger Siri just yeah. so that, because otherwise I would use it more. But I think the iPad I almost never use with Siri and then my HomePod will catch it or something like that. Or if I have AirPods and I think that's more, more of those use cases where I end up using it, but yeah. It still is. I think it's something too that it's it's still a new space. Like when people like us don't get together and talk about it and try stuff and explore and really figure out what makes the most sense. I think it just kind of in daily life. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this last year it hasn't been the best time to do like a whole creative voice experiments and maybe and maybe there's some reason people might be feeling burnt out. So like some of that stuff is not as I mean, we're all like around people at home too. So even more, you don't have that solo experience to try shortcuts or Siri experiences. So I think it's still something to explore, but I think that's the great part about shortcuts is that you don't have to use your voice. You can, and especially with home screens, like we we were saying, that's the most accessible thing for me. Um, And even just coming back to, I think the reason I haven't gone into more like, uh, I was doing some menus on the home screen that ran folders of shortcuts that then I picked from the shortcuts, but it did become too many menus for me. And I think I like the spatial um, spread of the home screens, especially the big deal is 
being able to swipe on those dots on the iPhone is you can just get across to those different screens or um, I hide the ones that I'm not using. So like ultimately my phone home screen itself is just stuff that I want to do on the phone. And then those extra home screens I can show contextually. I wish we had a show home screen shortcut to be be able to trigger those by like time of day or a calendar event and it could like pop up and hide and like that. That's where (laughs) we'll start to get into some wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Shortcuts team, if you're listening, pretty, 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 (laughs) please. I'll send you one of those big bags of dime from Ikea. Everybody loves this. Yeah, I, I, it took me a long time to figure out the hiding of the home screen. So for anybody that doesn't know, if you enter jiggle mode, as I helpfully term it, and so if you edit your home screen and then you tap on the three dots at the bottom, that's how you can uh, show and hide pages. So actually pretty much all of mine are hidden. I only have uh, two pages shown right now. Um, and most of them are hidden. I have things like a travel page and stuff like that as well, because I uh, well, guess guess what? I'm not really going places right now. That's not really a thing. Um, and so I just have a travel page where I've got things grouped into country folders and then sometimes uh, even cities uh, <laughs> within that, just because then, you know, I can drag all those out and stick them on another page uh, for, you know, that that city or country. And yeah. then when I come back, then I can shove it back in a folder, stick it back on the travel home screen and I'm good. Nice. Yeah, you know, Matt. If someone Matthew, gosh, I'm, I'm going to get it there. Uh, if someone <laughs> uh, listening wants to start doing menu systems, since you've just done a bunch of them, give us some tips. What's a, a good way to get started with that, and what are mistakes to be avoided? At least coming from where I was, I already had the actions all built and laid out, and so I was kind of just taking what was an entire folder and turning that into one shortcut with a menu that had the same actions, but just as options in that menu. And then I sat there and copied and pasted over all of the new stuff, which was very nice to have copy and paste, even though I do, it does kind of kill me that it doesn't maintain variables. If you have multiple actions that you bring across, you can't easily copy and paste multiple actions at a time either, which is why I have a folder of shortcuts called, run run a shortcut i think it's called um and then hmm. i just and these are just ones where it's i didn't want to move everything over it was too yeah. much work so i've That's just got run shortcut i yeah. just did that a thousand, a thousand times so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took it that's one of those things where it I can measure that it actually took me a week to do. And if they made that more connected it probably could have saved me about 20 hours. So like in the past when when they added the ability to pick up multiple shortcuts at the same time to put them into a folder, that saved me 20 hours of work as well because I was doing them single file before. And I'm, I was, I'm a madman, but. Um, <laughs> well, you're an edge case, oh. but at the same time, that's where <laughs> yeah, we learned the limits, you know, and. Um, I got to communicate them more like this so that they can fix yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, one uh, secret thing that I don't know if people knew about that they added this year is the ability to use get link to file and uh, get my shortcuts. I would probably use like choose from list to just limit the number, but you can programmatically share your shortcuts. And that's the entire way that I made my whole shortcuts catalog because I wouldn't have been able to do it manually. It would have taken me like two weeks to do by just clicking share, clicking copy iCloud link one by one. It actually like saved me (laughs) that much time too. So I bet. Yeah. I wish that the um, shortcuts team would just spend a couple of weeks using Keyboard Maestro because I feel like mm-hmm. that Keyboard Maestro is like the the shining example of how to copy automation steps 
and paste groups and like it has a bunch mm-hmm. of features in there that shortcuts just isn't there yet. And I understand with yeah. the touch interface, it's harder. But I, I would love I kind to of see feel them. if you've got a magic keyboard connected, though, there there should be a secret unlock where it says, "Hey, would you yeah. would you like to unlock super nerd mode or something?" And then keyboard you can control. Yeah, so command good. A, command C, command tab, command arrow. B, done. <laughs> yeah, if they you know, that, just I'm do gonna, that. Every time they add those features, I'm. I'm at least happy, but I am like, oh man, if I had this before. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem. We are so nerdy here that we're going, darn it, when I copy my actions from one shortcut to another, it doesn't maintain variables and people are still going, wait, you can copy yeah, an action like, from is... one shortcut to another? Why would I do this? And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's something, so I do this a lot. <laughs> uh, if people are curious as to why copy and paste is useful, Airtable uh, shortcuts. I have tons mm-hmm. of Airtable shortcuts and the authorization section is always the same. So you have a URL, get contents of URL, and then in the header there's an authorization and then there's bearer space, whatever your API key is. Being able to copy and paste that means it's the same every time. So that's really useful for me. Anything with an API key, the copy and paste pays for itself with that alone. Yeah. But you yeah. know, I think it's the the people at the sharp end of the stick that are are hitting these barriers are, I think, the reason that they're making progress. And and again, they're walking that line between trying to make it easy for people who just want to make their icons look cool and the people who actually want to turn it into a productivity tool. I think what's also, it's just sort of how Apple would operate if they were going to be doing this. It is a feat, It's a fundamental change to the system, and so it'll just take... They only do that once a year, pretty much. And so I think that's, I mean, that is like low-key one of the reasons I didn't totally want to work there as the release cycle of Apple is pretty slow compared to the ability to use shortcuts and share them with people is so much quicker. And so that's what I've been, I love doing for people online. And I think what I'm excited about with my new system is I think I think my major paradox of choice over the last few years with having so many shortcuts and not I sh- I really should have done the menu thing 3 years ago because yeah. it, it really hasn't that's nothing new I just haven't chosen to do it and that is a I regret that basically because I think now for me like I was saying it clicked and in a no, in a new way and I was sort of like that's all there is there's not this mysterious depth to shortcuts that is impossible to master like there's all this api stuff that you can do but the app itself and what is in there and what apps can integrate with it now isn't some sort of impossible task and it it really does come down to like different categories of your life the ability to like i was creating some high level sections of just like customize and control your devices personal productivity. I think most work stuff does end up happening through the iPad unless you're like really on your phone, which is, I think that was like helpful for me to just remember because not everybody has the iPad. And so they're not going to be doing like log, I don't know, like super fancy stuff just from an iPhone or I think there's less there, but there's still so much room to grow too, which I'm excited for and actually getting it into people's hands and, I think the home screen thing really makes it a daily use case and automations too are just regular value, which you don't even have to touch, which is even those could advance as well. So I'm excited to see what, to share some more of this too with people in a more simple way, because 
we were saying at the beginning, I'm, I've made YouTube videos, but I haven't done that many recently. And now I'm going to be starting to make more because I'm, I feel like I've got more clarity into how people can actually use it on a daily basis. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by the IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint, your biweekly conversation and interview podcast about SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech within Microsoft 365. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The IntraZone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field, so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge, and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments like news and announcements, a focused topic of the week, guest perspectives, FAQs of the week, and upcoming events. And the topics for each show are really interesting. Previous episodes cover migration to the cloud, power platform, API and teamwork, and security and compliance. The most recent episode covers drag and drop from Outlook to SharePoint, which really pushes my buttons because I love contextual computing, and this is a form of that. Did you know that you can drag and drop emails and attachments from Outlook directly into SharePoint without leaving Outlook? In this episode, the podcast covers that workflow exactly with people using it daily. I found it really interesting. So go and listen to it now. Just search for The IntraZone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to the Interzone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. Speaking of how people can use this on a daily basis, recently uh, in the 14.5 beta, so this isn't out yet as we record, though knowing our luck in the couple of days between recording and release, Apple will go, and here it is because it's got emoji <laughs> and everything in it. Uh, there's a couple of new actions in shortcuts. Specifically, take screenshot orientation lock and data mode. So mm -hmm. I immediately added uh, two shortcuts to uh, tr triggered by automations with the YouTube app, opening the YouTube app and closing the YouTube app. Uh, opening it turns off mm -hmm. orientation lock, closing it turns on orientation lock because most of the time I use my iPhone in portrait mode exclusively and that's it. But I was wondering if you've seen anybody using take screenshot and how they're using it or if you're using it yourself. Um, I will say... I am not on the betas for the first time in maybe wow. five to 10 years because um, I can't handle those bugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically with shortcuts. Honestly, I thought some of that stuff has been to the point where it was like affecting my ability to get my work done. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to wait for at least a couple of rounds of this just to make sure that I've seen some, like, I think, uh, set wallpaper and stuff is broken and I like have an automation that does that every day. So some of that I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I feel bad for you, but I'm also like, thank God I didn't do that because I don't want to deal with it. I don't, I don't totally get, even though take screenshot is one of those where I'm like, great. Then I was like, wait, so how am I going to use that? Um, mm -hmm. I think orientation lock totally makes sense. And I think that's an interesting I went, I did think about this topic that I'm curious if, if you agree that some, I saw somebody on Twitter saying, I want this as a function in settings that I can just set by app. And I'm right. curious if this is either now what Apple's just going to give people to so that they can do it, but not make it into a feature and, or it's going to be, this is how they test whether or not 
they should do that. And if everybody loves this, they might add it like, or cause I, I pretty sure that the community responses to automations is what's made things like time automations actually move forward, which has been great. Like I feel like people, we want this so badly and I love when Apple like listens and gives us those features. And so I hope that stuff like this, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Like it could be either. I mean, it seems like that's a poor way to gauge it because like you could make a shortcut now saying when I launch the Kindle app lock orientation, because I like to mm-hmm. read in bed on my side, you know, and mm-hmm. that yeah. that is a automation you can pull, but we make a podcast called the automators and mm-hmm. you used to work on the automation team at Apple and there's some people out there that will figure that out, but there's a lot more people that read the Kindle in bed at night on their side who don't have any idea that shortcuts exist, or if they do, they think it's a way to make cool icons on their home screen. I just don't think it's a good way to measure. I mean, it's a good way to measure among super nerds, but I'm not sure it really gives them the data they need if that's what they're doing. That's fair. Though I do think Apple is making progress with some of these things. So for example, in in the health app with the with the new sleep feature, the sleep tracking, they've got shortcuts where it just suggests shortcuts that it will add to your home screen. And then when you're in sleep mode, then there's a shortcuts button if yeah. you've got shortcuts, which shows up. Now, a lot of people don't know about this. And I've talked about this a couple of times on iOS today because people have no idea it exists. But if you go go into the health app, it's there. And then there's there's a toggle inside of editing each shortcut to add it to that screen as well. But some of these are just things like, you know, open day one to to log a journal and things like that. Um, And I was really pleased. I have a shortcut to that page, which is, of course, always very meta of. It's just a deep well, link. We'll I make think, sure to get a link app. to that yeah. one in the show notes so people can jump straight to that section. But I really like it for things like playing my rain sound so that it plays and it checks my Wi-Fi network first. And if I'm at home, it plays it on my HomePod uh, mini in my bedroom. And if I'm not at home, it just plays it on my iPhone speaker. I've not got any more granular yet with different AirPlay speakers at different on different Wi-Fi networks because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're still anticipating the end of the world here in the UK. Uh, apparently things will change. <laughs> I do wish, this is one of those times where I wish I could ask the team because they were so so like deep in iOS before they worked at Apple that they were the kind of people that would know it. But I do wonder if even putting it into shortcuts on, on a low level gives iOS a route in terms of like APIs and connecting into those realms with orientation lock that then could later be added as a feature because that's part of just the technical level is there's got to be code somewhere to do this stuff. And so yeah. once it's in shortcuts, it can extend out. And especially as uh, shortcuts APIs getting better and better, I think need to, Apple should set examples. Well, for, we know app developers for years have been able to control orientation in their phones. So for example, if you turn your phone upside down so that the camera is at the bottom or at the notch um, or whatever, then then most apps will not orientate themselves to that orientation. There are very few apps that will. Uh, and your phone will not face ID unlock in that position, uh, unsurprisingly. I can't tell you are upside down. Um, but, um, you know, so so app developers have been able to overwrite this um, to an extent at any rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where we go with that. One of the points Matthew makes, though, I think that's interesting is on a more meta level, you can add additional features to your phone and iPad using shortcuts for people that want to have 
op specific orientation, you know, and mm -hmm. the more they keep doing that, the the better it is for us, those of us that are that have figured it out or want to figure it out. And yeah. um and I hope people are using those features because I think, you know, to argue against myself, I, I think it does show Apple that people want to make stuff like this happen if you'll give us the tools. Yeah, especially. I mean, I think that's why shows like this are also good ways to for us to share that with people. And it's even like I don't know. Ultimately, Apple needs to like talk more about shortcuts. I think to people and show them that these kind of things are possible. Um, I do think even specifically with the automations, I still feel like they're not very approachable because of the notifications and the way that they just say, "Like here, it's running an automation for this trigger," and I'm I like, "I don't that. know why, and I don't know what's going on." Like. And I also just have 700 notifications in my tray that are no longer relevant that don't say anything. And I'm like, okay, like I need even just being able to customize what it says to you would go a very long way in making those. It's like, hey, it's 10 a.m. Now it's time to check your deliveries and like do your daily, I don't know, finance checkup or something like that versus it just says running, running shortcut, even specifically. Running automation, even. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the new set watch face actions for short uh, for the Apple Watch, which are amazing because I don't know if you all know this, that you can have like 40 to 50 watch faces now, um, which of course I did. And I had them all contextually set for every one of those home screens. If any of those apps were used, it would change my watch face. Yeah. First of all, it just, I'm pretty sure it just broke my Apple Watch a little bit because it was like, <laughs> oh God, like too much data <laughs> trying to be passed. But all those notifications just said, opened one of 16 apps running your automation and it and like anytime i opened any app and ultimately yeah. it just became a burden instead of something that i could technically do and was fun but i don't want to see the orientation lock automation every single time i use youtube either so it's like, like it's like being a little kid right and it's your party and your your mom brings you your favorite chocolate cake right and it's the cake you've been waiting all year to eat on your birthday. And she puts it on your plate and then she just pours carrots on top of it. You know? <laughs> and you're like, I mean, if you like carrot it. cake and it is a carrot cake, no, it's your chocolate cake. And she put, <laughs> she, she put carrots on it. And you're like, but I don't want the carrots. She's like, well, what are you complaining about? Your cake's there. You know, you cut into it and it's vanilla on the inside and you're like, ah, I wanted it to be chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this sounds like the worst so birthday party to, ever. I feel like I'm not being appreciative too, because I will say before folders and things like that, it was just a, a giant mess. And I think they've brought forward so much of that usability into mm -hmm. the home screen or the widgets, yeah. or I think the Siri experience does need to be smoothed out because I mean, I'm pretty sure most people don't even know that because they got rid of the trigger phrases and the title of the shortcut is now the trigger phrase, but they, who, who, communicated that to people not like yeah. us and i don't know you people just don't know how to trigger them with siri anymore so and the three of us are in the business of teaching people how to use this stuff i mean we all yeah. have platforms and field guides and websites and 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 i know in my case i get those emails so often people saying how do i turn this part off 
I, I love what you taught mm-hmm. me, but I just don't want this to happen anymore. And I have to explain to them, no, that's always <laughs> going to happen. And then they're like, well, why am I yeah. even doing this then? I mean, so often people, yeah. it's like the ultimate turnoff for them. They they don't want the carrots. Yeah. They just want the chocolate cake, you know? And, <laughs> and I feel like Apple, the carrots got smaller, but they're still there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, as you pointed out, Matthew, we'll see some of these things maybe just change straight up into settings, like changing your watch face automatically. I feel that should either be in the calendar or in the the watch app or something like that, or at the very Mm. least discoverable through the watch app. That would be pretty darn cool. Um, And uh, so hopefully we'll see some of those changes make their way through. Can we go down that rabbit hole for a minute? Because I know all three of us are doing this. How are you changing? What's your coolest like watch face trick? through automation matt you go first Hmm. i mean it for me it was using that open app trigger in automations for specific like if i open the music app it will open the music watch face on my watch so that it has those different controls um when i go on a walk the workout trigger opens one that has the little compass in there. Cause otherwise I'm never going to use that compass and it's just kind of cool. Like, <laughs> um, we can't afford to lose, lose Matthew Casanelli. I want you to use that compass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The question um, is whether or not you know how to use a compass to find your way home. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, I could probably figure it out. Berkeley's easy enough. Got pretty straight streets. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, there's not, a whole ton i think it has i mean i have ones it's like when i wake up it shows the solar face so i can kind of see that sun level of the day like that's that's been cool. lovely seeing more sunlight over the time which is mm-hmm. that's a kind of cool way to get some awareness of some of those features um i mean i i have a different watch face for each of those like 13 contexts. So that, but I don't, you, I, those automations did get too overwhelming that I turned that off. Um, I just have a shortcut that is a menu. It's a series of menus and it's the first one is work personal or colorful. And then underneath that, I just had different home screens for like, I just want to use these when I'm not at work versus seeing some work related apps or just like those cool watch I don't know, the ones that just look nice too. So I could kind of just pick from there for my home screen on my phone. Yeah, I I just really like the idea of my wrist being another reminder of what context I'm in. So (laughs) I have like a law face and I have a Max Barkey face. I even have a podcast-like face. And and when I set timers or when I set up context, my wrist just automatically switches to uh, the face and Rose is showing us on the video. I don't know what, I can't see it. <laughs> it's my Ultimator's watch face. It's really difficult to show people your yeah. watch face whilst <laughs> yeah, also talking into a microphone, which is <laughs> directly in line with your monitor. I'm going to try and do some weird yoga while David keeps talking. Yeah. But, but it's great. Like, you know, you, it, it yeah, I use the same mm-hmm. one. The, uh, there's a face, an analog face with colors where you can set colors and, like if you find yourself straying off context and you look at your wrist, it's a subtle reminder and say, Hey buddy, you're not supposed to be uh, working on that other thing right now. Your, your wrist yeah. says you should be working on the automators. And I don't know. I, I find that a very useful without being annoying little hack. Yeah. I got a, I think maybe because I mean, one problem that I have that we vaguely you didn't allude to it, but it was clear to me at the beginning of the show is that, I do so many different things. I'm like 
making videos. I'm publishing the stuff on my website. I have a newsletter. I have a shortcuts user group that I like on Slack where people can join and talk about it. And so I do just like bounce around a lot and it's not easy for me to in one simple way, enter that context. Like I think if we had that set home screen action, I would have things that would change to that screen and then kick off my timery stuff and do all these other things. Maybe that's where your simpler menu system does help versus I don't want every shortcut in my video thing to start a timery timer over or kind of like I would have to start making it tied into across those. So that's something that I've been trying to figure out and I don't know any ideas. (laughs) Well, I mean, in the menu, I would suggest that you check what timer is running. And if it's the timer for that context, then you just do nothing. Otherwise, you would start the timer, which, you know, that could be a workaround. Yeah. Um, I think part of what I struggle with is the fact that I'm a shortcuts sharing person. I share all of mine. And so some stuff that I would do, I could tie in better with more just like esoteric things. Um, (laughs) But then I start to, it becomes less shareable. So that's, that is a... existential problem that people like us have where even just the fact that you can't share a shortcut and then this any subroutine from sub uh, run shortcuts you'd have to share those as well and then they're like installing five shortcuts can be um i think that's like that alone is why i did part of my system into menus is that i now have 75 shortcuts to share instead of 700 and nobody's going to go click on my website open those links open the shortcut add it customize like it just became too much work. And so this makes all of that value much more present. But um, yeah, like kicking off those different contexts, I think is even just for me, I'm struggling enough to figure out what I should be doing on the, the stuff. So once I can figure that out more, maybe I can have the some sort of automation set up for me, like a series of NFC tags, all color cut. I mean, it's got to be color at some point because that's what, like what David was saying with the watch face. If, even if I look down and see that mine is like yellow because I'm working on my blog posts, I like know that. And that does change my mindset. It's like, I need to switch them. I mean, so much of this stuff, contextual stuff, I think is being kind to yourself, you know, like giving Mm -hmm. yourself subtle reminders, not beating yourself up over it. And like, there is a role for technology in that to help you, you know, nicely get through that and, work on that muscle of focus and um Mm -hmm. and i think shortcuts is a great tool to help you it's a way to like rewire your phone and your brain into like a gentle way to do what you want to do while also i think what i've enjoyed is also making room for my twitter shortcut that i'm gonna use twitter but maybe this shortcut helps me open certain like searches more intentionally and quicker and not get lost in just scrolling. And I think I've been enjoying that of both like getting more done, but just the the lights are nicer or now I can use my music library more. And so I'm listening to more music and that makes me happy. And so yeah, I think it does. I, I always focus on the work part, but, or I think it's easy to think about like, how can this be used for my work? But the personal productivity aspect does just make some of those things smoother and that's nice. And I I think uh, now more than ever, as people say, it's like, I don't, we're all on our devices all day long and everybody knows the importance of 
managing your home environment and what inputs and how you're being affected by the world because you're stuck in the same space. And so having control over your digital space, I think makes a big difference. Like it's given me a sense of peace to have this sorted out where I felt like my, my house wasn't in order. So that has been awesome. Hey, tell us a little bit about your Twitter shortcuts and and what do they do? Sure. Um, it is now one shortcut, which is great. Um, and one of the benefits of combining all of these shortcuts together into one menu is the ability to, I mean, often I don't, you might run into this is if I want to have the ability to have some sort of input, I will at the beginning of a lot of shortcuts, like check whether or not there's an input and then if there is get that input. And if there isn't have some sort of way to then enter text or do like select whatever I need. Um, so by putting those all into a menu, it just happens right at the beginning of that one shortcut, and then it can pass out all to these different things. It's, it's almost like a global variable, but not really. But it's like within a single context. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like as split out, which can just get really duplicative. And and it is um, in the process, I think I just made some of them better because I had some parts in one shortcut, but not in the other. So, I mean, on a... On the simpler level, let me just run it so I can double check what these menus are saying. Um, I have one one of the steps opens into my different Twitter lists. So if you go on the web and look at your lists, there's a unique ID in there. And then you can open a deep link into Twitter, into that specific list. This has been something that I've been, that's like how I've used Twitter for the last five years is by opening into these lists using even workflow back in the day because... I just use those lists to curate. I mean, I follow 6,000 people now and <laughs> I actually follow, I mean, most of them aren't not a good chunk of them are on lists because Twitter doesn't make it easy to manage, but that's how I follow different contexts. And it's very, like I didn't even think about that until now that it's, I'm doing that same thing there. Yeah. Um, a couple others are just like, I built these for live tweeting, like during WWDC, it can just automatically append a hashtag to the end of every tweet before I send it out so that, I just don't have to remember how to do that and people can Mm -hmm. mute me if they want. Um, (laughs) Different ways to, I've also done a series of ways to search and then add, um, are they called parameters? I don't remember with the search, like advanced search terms in Twitter, where if you can put like filter colon follows, it will search only people that you follow on Twitter. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like my own personal Google search for all of you and interested, like, I found good book recommendations actually just by doing that. Um, another one is self-search where I just search my own tweets to see when I said something because I usually talk about shortcuts or something and then put it in my newsletter later. And so that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one I have is if I'm on somebody's profile, it will open the the link to, there's a page that's followers you know for this person. And so... Um, it's kind of like when you follow someone, you can see it on Twitter down below, but there's just a web version of that. And so this shows the web page for somebody's profile. So I can just see who's in common with this person that I already know and kind of understand what they're about. And then the last part that I haven't, because I've been doing this new, I have a whole, I want to expand this even further, but it's going to be based off of a dictionary where I found one of the things that always happens with tweets is when you share them somewhere it will just say um, the metadata is just like tweet and it doesn't have 
the body of what they said. And so if you put it into Instapaper, it's, it's almost useless because it's just a URL and doesn't show anything. If you put it into Reminders, I feel like it'll often, it'll put it in that little card, but I still want to have... I'm, I mean, you. I don't need to like preach to you all that you want to extract the tweet text and then the URL of the person. So I have one that uses... I think it's publish.twitter.com has an endpoint where you can send your tweets and then it'll get back a dictionary of that data. And then I also reformat that dictionary into a simpler dictionary that I want to (laughs) use. And so it's called tweet deets. And I think even, um, I think I saw at some point like Gruber has some sort of Apple script where he does the same thing and turns Mm -hmm. it into Markdown. And I was like, Oh yeah, I totally have a a tweet or a shortcut that can do that too, which is fun. Yeah. And, And then all of that is launched from a Twitter icon on your home screen. Yes. But it also, can be from the share sheet as well. Sure. Or if I copy a tweet link and then run that icon, it'll grab the link automatically. Clever. Yeah. So I have like the same thing for YouTube sometimes or the the thing I want to, I need to expand the Twitter one more to put it into my task manager to put it into, I now use Notion and I have access to their API. And so I've been, that's been a whole fun experiment because I can build a whole mess on top of that. (laughs) This episode of The Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash automators for high-speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services. Best of all, you'll get an extra three months for free. I don't know if you know this, but by default, Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies based on your location. And you might be aware that Netflix has recently increased their prices again. If you want to feel like you're getting your money's worth with your Netflix subscription, you can start by using ExpressVPN like I do. So you might not know what's on Netflix in your country is completely different from someone in the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services, too. You can use it to watch BBC iPlayer, which is free and only available in the UK. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TVs, so you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. I've been an ExpressVPN for subscribers and one of my favorite places to watch Netflix and other streaming services is in the UK. They've got a bunch of great series there that we just don't have here in the US. I like British television anyway, and also I like the fact that they have the Star Trek series. All I have to do is switch my server and ExpressVPN to the UK, and I'm good to go. You can make smart choices to stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash automators. Don't forget to use that link so you can get those three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash automators. Expressvpn.com slash automators to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of the automators and all of Relay FM. Matt, something you've been kind of dancing around that pushes a lot of my <laughs> personal buttons is the way you're connecting everything's with URLs and deep links. And you've been doing this a long time, I know. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel shortcuts is doing with that type of stuff right now? The ability to share data and jump between apps and ideas. 
that's an interesting i wasn't expecting how shortcuts is doing because i do think on some level it also involves the third party developers and the ability to just i mean their usage of the deeper apis because i know that some apps make this possible and others don't and i think that's the part that ends up um hitting me or the ability to add in um those deep links once in a document already exists. I think that's the other part or even some space in terms of like where you're sending it for that link to live. Cause I think that's one of the things that I struggle with is Mm -hmm. like I've been using craft for almost like a year now and I have tons of links in there, but there's not really some sort of like space for them to exist. And so I think that's particularly with notion and the properties that, are associated with pages is where I want to use those deep links. But Notion on iOS does not open deep links into the corresponding apps. So I'm I'm slightly at a, I've kind of hit a temporary wall with that because I've been moving into Notion. Um, I think also my shortcuts that I've built now that the ones that do are are able to look into apps and grab those documents are sort of enabling me to create non deep link ways to access those same pages and even um, the widgets themselves, I think specifically for the ways that I was um, just trying to create a context process, I think have enabled me to, I almost every single page I have a notes, timery things, one, that almost act as those deep links into those pages. Um, So I do think within my task manager itself, I don't have them going back out to those pages and I'm the worst for it right now because of it. Like it's not, that's not great. Um, But I do think in terms of having access to those documents quickly, it's probably, and I, I don't know about like better than before, but it's still, I still am not like struggling with that too much, which is good. Um, that's still an existential problem. I think with, I think the way that I'm going to address it though, is by using notion as the project management level and then having a point where that I'm, I'm not sure if I'll use it via Zapier or just a shortcut that'll pull from those pages, but then creating the research document, the task in things and other pages, and then having all of those links just because it created them all at once. I mean, something I've noticed with myself over the last year is um, tool selection to me has become a primary concern has been, is this shareable? Is this addressable? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and is it addressable and shareable on multiple platforms? I mean, I'm, I am really into the Subsidian app, but they haven't released their mobile app yet. And as addressable as it is on my Mac, it's almost not addressable on, on iOS, especially... Yeah if you're using uh, the security model I am. So um, it, it is something that that comes up, and I feel like it's something that you're starting to see a lot of enlightened app developers really embrace. Mm-hmm. I think the blend of shortcuts, deep links, and widgets makes a big difference, and not having one or two of those can kind of kill the experience because it's starting to be expected all around. Like, that's why 
I think craft was, I, it was awesome. I like pretty much asked them to add deep links. Cause I was like, I need this. Otherwise oh, I'm not going to use you. it. You're <laughs> the one behind that it, because it's great. They, they have excellent support and it works on iOS and Mac. And I think that that's a great solution and you can deep link right to an individual entry and in, of an individual. I mean, it's one of the best supports I've seen. Exactly. It's amazing. I, I love craft. I think it's the part that I'm struggling with is that it's so good. And I'm also you, but it doesn't do what notion does in the way that I need it to. And so I'm kind of trying to use both, but those deep links don't open back into craft. I think specifically with a tool like craft, it does come down to how I'm using it. And I mean, even, I don't know. I mean, on a big level, moving into craft simplified the amount of documents that I need to link to because I was able to almost like how I've smushed my shortcuts down. I made a document that has these sections that have deep sections into them for all of my different notes instead of a single doc, like 500 notes in the notes app. And the the fancy nerd term there is map of content, (laughs) MOC. And uh, that's what everybody's doing with this stuff. But but then with craft, you can deep link the individual entries on your directory pages as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, it, it runs deep. I think probably part of it is that you can't find documents in craft. And so like, right, you're using shortcuts. Um, so if I was able to reach in and grab those documents and create deep links through via shortcuts, I would do it. But I think it's once I'm manually creating those, it can be useful like on certain case by case basis or like, I even have um, master documents that link out to other documents using their native backlinks features. So that provides the access still. Because ultimately, the strategy for deep links is to achieve the goal of that contextual computing. And if I can get there in other ways that are just as quick, I do think like the direct almost, um, is it Bunch for Mac that? Is the one that has the d- deep link, or no, no, that's that's Brett Torchers thing. I think you're thinking Hook, of Hook. Hook is the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that almost needs to become like a system level thing, or even I think shortcuts kind of seems like a logical route for it to develop via iOS, just because you can instead of having URLs with unique identifiers that just look weird, <laughs> having um the shortcut itself abstract that or even I always imagine like the variables and shortcuts being some sort of link outside of the shortcuts app. Like you could link two different documents uh, in other apps using an inline shortcut module or something like that in any app. Um, I, maybe I should have told that to Apple when I worked there. <laughs> I never um, mentioned I, that. I don't honestly, think, it might've been too late because I feel like that's something yeah. they needed to address when they first started building iOS, like the Macintosh has this whole system for Apple events built in that makes everything addressable. And I've been on this ramp before on the show, so I won't drag it out now, but I feel like there needs to be a system level tracking on iOS to allow for automators to do things like that. And the content graph, maybe it's it's just not there. And and I think, yeah. I will say like a thing that I enjoyed getting, I don't know, not that it's any sort of secret, but they can do what they want there. <laughs> they don't have a limitation besides their ability to get it done in time or have the t- like the talent and all that realistic parts yeah. about it, but 
I think even just from what we imagined workflow could be to now is like a lot more than I ever expected. And so, or what I thought was even like possible technically. And so I think that's, what's so cool. I think it will, I will say that would be complicated and sounds sometimes I can now like be like, Hmm, that's a cool idea. That would probably take them three years. And like, of just like how much time it takes to make it right or to make it Apple level quality or yeah, if there was a bug, suddenly it's pushed to the next year. And so like, I think some of that stuff I would love, like maybe I should file feedback, please add deep linking via shortcuts. Like, and that even the interface of it is an important thing that something that people are expected or like used to. So maybe as shortcuts becomes more common, that could be possible feature feedback request. And it has to address security, which is another another year you know that's like a way i mean just the part about it not being a link and still being secure like even shortcuts itself is a technical route that these apps can do that now and so turning it into an interface is like the technical part is maybe already there and would just take time or apple thinking it's what they need to do and or like i mean if we ever get shortcuts for mac and that sort of linking system came from the Mac or was built and inspired by that and deep linked across the entire ecosystem. Like, holy cow, that sounds oh awesome. My, gosh. So. <laughs> my heart's yeah. racing. You gotta stop talking <laughs> like that. So Matthew, you something you said made me think how much of what you do is shaped by the automations versus the applications themselves and, and where do you draw the line? So for example, you know, craft came along if it didn't have deep links and some automation support, would you have just gone, huh, that seems cool, next? Or, you know, you you were using Notion, you've only recently got access to the API, so I'm guessing until then, no shortcuts, pretty much nothing. So where, where do you draw that line? It's got to be a blend of them, I'd say. I don't think Craft has the best shortcuts yet. Like, they could still do more with that. Mm-hmm. Although I would say, like, I'm kind of not using things right now because they don't have good enough shortcuts and it hasn't evolved into what I need. Although also like on some level being a solo person and needing some sort of project management, not task management thing is relevant and things still might fit into a task manager for me because, or it's still, it's my favorite way to see tasks on my wrist still. I still love their Apple watch app. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, it always does come down to a blend Sometimes, I mean, between Craft and Notion, both of them I'd say I'm using because I could see that they were working on stuff that would be relevant to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I mean, Craft was also new. And so I talked to them a lot in the betas, being like, if you want it to be something that I'm going to use, it's got to have at least some of the stuff. Otherwise, it just doesn't check the boxes and right. falls behind. Or like, maybe you get like three out of four and that's enough. Um, I think Notion I didn't use for I I also I met with the Notion team in like 2017 and I could tell they weren't going to update the iPad app until now like I was just like this is not their 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 priority at all they're like a startup trying to raise funds and be giant and so they weren't going to go deep and so even just like the ability to select multiple rows of text on Notion two months ago or like three months ago, I was like, okay, now I can actually maybe use it. And I think the API also helped knowing that 
I could potentially move my Airtable library into Notion using this and then mm-hmm. have more of the interface on top that I kind of wish Airtable had provided me um, in the past few years. And I've been, I just did a whole how to use um, shortcuts APIs with Airtable specifically, like a stream a couple of weeks ago that maybe people would want to check out. But um, I think it, it does kind of depend. I think even using the fact that Notion got more popular recently and there was more tutorials on how to set up some of the, the deeper parts helped me because I didn't see as much of that with Heritable and like I'm all about like filtering and views and I, I have five different databases that are interconnected that I'm trying to like set together. So knowing that I could both use shortcuts to s- pump data in there and then have their advanced views filter it for me properly, I think is going to be important. Um, but I mean, even I use notion on my Mac right now, don't use it on my iPad almost at all. Like I think I'm, I have been trying not to just like only use things through shortcuts because that's what I produce content about. And it's realistically, I'm not only using my iPad and when I create videos and things like that, I'm not, I have to edit in final cut pro. So I'm not like, even then it's like not automation isn't going to help me edit those moments, but I have shortcuts to get me into those mindsets and things like that. So there's, yeah, it kind of depends. Um, but I'd argue with you there. I, I don't think your job is to do everything in shortcuts. I think yeah. your job is to show us where shortcuts can be of help. And frankly, telling mm-hmm. us where it can't be of help is, is useful as yeah, well. I, it's really helpful for me to know too, because then I stop trying to do that yeah. too much. It's like ultimately, like I don't know, like some of that can work, um, but I think the core experience of shortcuts, I think, has been more simplified for me lately, which has been helpful. And not just having thousands of them makes it sound insane and all this stuff. But there's really like. I have like 13 categories for my personal life and 13 for my work life because that's how many colors there are. Shortcuts. <laughs> Lucky 13. <laughs> funny. But it's still like, I don't know, life is, <laughs> there's lots of areas to tap into, but the parts that you want to automate from that isn't as complex as life can be. But, yeah. I mean, that's even just the way I'm saying that. It's like sometimes you're trying to make things for every part of your life and you, that's just... Life is hard to figure out and takes time. So it's not always going to be easy to automate it in one day. Like working on these and then using them throughout the week has been the best part for me. Not trying to make a whole experience and then automate it and then be like, now I'm done permanently and I can like use this forever. It's a growing experiment. And I think that's what I like about the menu system particularly is you just add another section to the menu and add some more tasks in and a good, just simple tip, move that to the top so that when you work on it, it's first instead of once you get a couple hundred shortcuts in there, you're just scrolling throughout the entire mm-hmm. library. So moving that current menu that you're working on to the very top of the list is a good way to do it. I mean, and, and one of the nice features of the choose from menu shortcut is you can move the entries and it moves all mm-hmm. the, accompanying steps with it you don't have to like rearrange anything exactly and um and that is um that's quite helpful uh, and you can also put menus within menus which i mm-hmm. i'm guilty of doing on occasion we need some better like collapsible ways to 
look at those without just scrolling past 700 other steps that are in the menu option mm. before you. Cause I think that would make, it does kind of feel less approachable on an, in a, like if you open this shortcut, it's harder to tell what's happening except for if you read the menu or like there's a bunch of comments. Um, yeah, but I think it's easier than just trying to find 50 shortcuts for one area of life that you want, are trying to work under. Yeah, like what I do with that catch-all category is I just have a bunch of individual choose-from-menu shortcuts, and then the master one is just running the shortcut from, you know, just running the sub-shortcut. So I'll have, like, one on photography yeah. tools, and then I'll have an entry on the master that says photography, and it just runs that photography tool shortcut. I don't actually embed the whole thing into one massive yeah. monster. Yeah. For people who don't know, the Get My Shortcuts action got a parameter for folders so you mm. can grab shortcuts from a specific folder and you can use the run shortcut action to run those shortcuts and even they added an open shortcut action so you can go in and edit them which that's like more for us i guess building shortcuts but <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty useful i use that every day uh, a couple of times a day to update all of the shortcuts that I, or the widgets that i have created through widget pack uh, which is one oh, of the nice. ways I do contextual things because uh, the the widget pack widgets show me different things based on the time of day as well as, you know, what content needs to be in there. This episode of Automators is brought to you by DevonThink, the flagship product from Devon Technologies. DevonThink is the most professional document and information management application for the Mac. It's the one place for storing all your documents, snippets, or bookmarks and working with them. The integrated AI assists you with finding and searching, while the extensive search language with advanced Boolean operators means that you have no chance of losing anything. DevonThink features a flexible sync system that supports many cloud services, including Dropbox and iCloud, or it lets you synchronize over your local network too, if that's what you prefer. And of course, everything is securely encrypted. This gives you the choice for syncing whichever way works best for you. It's got smart rules and flexible reminders that let you automate all parts of your workflow and delay boring, repeating tasks, letting DevonThink automatically organize your data with the rules that you define. DevonThink's AppleScript dictionary is world's largest on the Mac. There's no part of DevonThink that can't be automated. And you can extend DevonThink's functionality with your own commands by adding them to its scripts menu. Even templates can have scripts inside and you can set up new documents with data from placeholders or even inserted by your own AppleScript code. And of course, there's so much more, including a great iOS companion app, which was just updated to version 3.0. There's also email archiving, scanning, and there's even an embedded web server for sharing your data securely with your entire team. For me, I love the fact that I have multiple databases and they are everywhere. And the rules that I use on those are also everywhere. I don't have to worry about syncing things between my MacBook Air and my Mac and my iPad and my iPhone. In fact, I can just check everything into the inbox and voila, DevonThink will sort it out for me. If you've got documents that you need to manage and you need to make sure that they're the same everywhere and that things always get filed the right way, then DevonThink's for you. I love it for so many reasons, but I have to say, shortcuts in DevonThink to go 3.0, one of my favorites. You can get 10% off DevonThink 3 or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com slash automators. That's devontechnologies.com slash automators for 10% off. Our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of this show and all of Freely FM. I, you know, we have an outline for today's show and we have not 
followed it at all. We've got a whole show outline <laughs> that we haven't touched because we've been cerebral talking about shortcuts, and I have enjoyed this conversation so much. Um, so you. this is really one of my favorite episodes. Uh, but I do want to talk about one thing on this outline that I think everybody out there that listens to the automator should be aware of. And that is this directory you've got over on your website, Matthew, um, um, where you've got the, the amazing shortcuts catalog. I added the word amazing. Matt, Matthew's too, <laughs> too humble, but it is, it's great. He's got a website where he's got a bunch of the stuff he creates that he just puts up there to share with folks and let them try it out. Matthew, tell us about how you got to build this thing and and uh, your thinking behind it. Sure. So at least currently, it's split into the shortcuts library and the action directory. I had to f- title them all just to distinguish them somehow. Um, and I'm planning on adding an automations thing and probably apps or like related gear soon. It might turn into a workflow catalog to get meta and also referential but um at least right <laughs> like now that. one of the big things that i wanted to do was at least for the action directory have a documentation online of the functions that are available in shortcuts for people to use because i think one of the things that happens with shortcuts is people don't go through every action and so you think that shortcuts should be able to do more than it can because it like in theory when you conceptualize it, it should be able to touch every part of the system. And it's honestly a little weird that Apple hasn't added more functionality in there for certain stuff, but it's still just a way to see on a high level. Here are the um, main categories. There's also inside each action group, there's headers for the different groups. And so just by pulling those out and saying, here's what's available, I think it just helps people to understand what's, available in shortcuts. Um, then I also have the, I think the original, one of the original reasons I wanted to do this was to just share more shortcuts with people. I think I ultimately needed to create at the time, a whole system just for me to understand and be able to share and sort through my thousand shortcuts that I've been trying to share. Um, so I have a whole system I have an Airtable database where I will back up my shortcuts and then customize them with different data like that this uh, only takes one input. And so like the theory was that you could use this and take those shortcuts and use them with Siri because they don't ask you to do things. Um, it started to just get, I think, too much though because I it was cool to have full documentation of my shortcuts. I had all the links, icons, um, I found a way to scrape out the comments in shortcuts and upload those as descriptions. And so for every single step, I would tell you, here's what's happening. And then here's how I use this. Um, and then I had yeah a whole way that you could browse these shortcuts and add them and just kind of see what happens. And then in related ways, like these are all iPad shortcuts. Um, I had a, I have a, a membership ang- angle to it too. So some of that metadata and ways to sort it was for members so that you could, my thinking was like, if you wanted to learn more about shortcuts versus just getting the functionality, you could join me and we can learn together sort of thing versus I also wanted to just make sure people could experience shortcuts for free. Like I do, I both like want, want to provide a product that's of value and be able to get paid for it basically. But at the same time also give people shortcuts so that it's not, 
like fully gate kept because I do think shortcuts being free is important because it means that everybody on their iPhone can use it. And so I have it's just sort of a mix of things there. Um, so with my new system, I'm basically going to delete almost all of those shortcuts. I, I think I'm going to make them available for the members just as um, like markdown links in some document as opposed to my whole system because one thing that just ended up happening was it was kind of slow because there's 700 of them and I'm not like a web developer. I kind of built the website and so it's it's fine, but it's not like the best. But even still, I think in terms of approachability, I want people to be able to find a handful of shortcuts and use them. And so I'm actually re-releasing the catalog in a new version where I'm going to have, I think, like 25 shortcuts across a bunch of different categories just freely available for people. And those 25 things each have eight or 10 menu options in them that do all of the same things that were in my catalog before. But basically it means I'm not putting the burden on you of having hundreds of shortcuts in your library, just giving you a couple shortcuts now. So I think it'll still be, I have a shortcut that um, looked at all of my folders and all of my shortcuts and then counted the actions in them. And I have something like 10,000 actions. And so there's still <laughs> a lot of dragons. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I do think it counts menu like options Each as menu a second option, action. Yeah. yeah, which is like yeah, so it's yeah. not I had a look at that them. file at some point and uh the way it's structured <laughs> means that uh unless unless you're going through matching, you know, very specifically, uh mm-hmm. you're you're gonna end up with each individual menu item is also an action. So that does yeah. at the very least. It would take double like ten times for, to count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For for most things. But then now on the membership side, I'm I'm sharing more of my specific and esoteric workflows like for video production. Um, some of the just fancier ones that I'm building for apps before I'm, I'm going to eventually, I'm trying to do like staggered releases so I can give them away to people, but you kind of get early access now. And then I've been doing live streams where I show people a walkthrough every, like all of my shortcuts last week to let people know. Um, and I'm going to be hosting kind of, conversations that will turn into youtube videos like the full versions available there too so that's pretty fun i've been really enjoying having direct listener support because it really has helped me to actually focus on what shortcuts could be and not like making youtube videos to get views to get ads that like in certain ways that could i think uh corrupt the way i choose to do it and so that's I've been, it's been really nice. Like I have a newsletter that I let people know every week, new shortcuts that I'm building and, um, new additions to the catalog and things that I'm up to. But, um, I got a lot of survey. I did a survey from people and I think that really helped me understand how to give you all the best value. So I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, well, as someone on the outside, I've really enjoyed seeing kind of you blossom. Because when you left, you you know you weren't sure exactly how this was going to work, and yeah, and you've put together something here that is super useful to people interested in automation. The membership is not expensive; it's fifty dollars a year, five dollars a month, so you can support Matt and and get you know even more access. But you also have a lot of stuff that's available for free for people who are just getting started. I. And then now you've got the YouTube stuff and the newsletter, and I'm just super happy for you to see all this great stuff you're doing. Thanks. I want to, I've been, I really felt like, I think I had so much paradox of choice with shortcuts and just picking them and which, 
even the ability to share one of these workflows would take me like uploading all the shortcuts and doing all the stuff that wasn't like, I think I mistook the work for value versus just being able to use it. And so I think I'm excited because that helped like that being settled helped me figure out just like what, how should you use shortcuts uh, on not like, I know how to make shortcuts. I could tell you all day long, but like picking what's useful is still like, I think we should have more discussions like this. And I think the shortcuts community should talk about this stuff more because I think a lot of us know how to build shortcuts, but like why and when to use them is still can be so personal or it almost like feels too simple, even though because we're just used to it or something like that. When for other people, they're like, Oh my God, I can control my lights like with the phone and the home screen stuff. I don't know. It's like cool stuff that I think is really exciting. And so that's why I love to share it directly with, I think the streams have been great. I've been doing like, I want to do some clubhouse chats to like help people more directly. And it does help that I always been worried about that app because it's only in beta and not on Android, but shortcuts is not on Android. So I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. am I worried about that part at least? Yep. Um, yeah. But I think it's fun to, I'm like relaunching YouTube stuff soon. So I'm going to actually have more videos that are teaching you specific parts, teaching, sharing these specific shortcuts so you can use them. And I'm, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Is uh, it's it's always been interesting seeing what you've come up with, and you know, especially the the collaborations that you've done with people like Renee Ritchie and so on, as you've been progressing through making these videos and figuring out, you know, how can you you know share these both for your benefit as well as everybody else's? Because at the end of the day, you know, if you can't use the shortcuts that you're making, then can you can you share them? And that's something yeah, I end up struggling exactly. with because all of my things are permanently in beta. My life is a beta, or <laughs> actually, realistically, an alpha because there's so many darn bugs. <laughs> See, that's why I want to work more together with you guys, because I do think there is a lot that we're all doing the same kind of thing separately. And then we communicate through podcasts or something (laughs) and working on it together for like a couple hours. Like I could get a lot further or I'm doing this all day long, at least. So that's also part of it is I've got all this fanciness that I want to. It's much harder to share it than in a like super published format YouTube, like even my mistake is just that YouTube videos have a very specific, if you don't say what you're talking about in the first three seconds, people will just click away. And so it's like making, understanding how YouTube works. I've been using clubhouse to talk to other YouTubers. And then now I feel like I know so much more how to make a succinct video about one of these shortcuts and something like that. So it's all coming together. And I'm, I want more from the community too. I think I've been seeing people, start to share more and blog and things like that, which has been great. And there's a lot, I want to get app developers excited about it too, because we still need more shortcuts from apps. They're there. They're, we got to get a collective going. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, um, you know, app developers and so on, I'm not going to make you a developer in this scenario, but say Tim Cook and the shortcuts team gave you a magic wand after fixing the bugs you know, what What are the key things that you would add next to iOS and shortcuts to, to make automation even more magical? So I'm looking at the list that I put in here. <laughs> I can't tell. Oh, wait, it's trying to. Editorial note. This is it. quite a long list. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to count how many rows it is because I, I think it took me 10 minutes to come up with like 45 things that they should add to shortcuts. No, 60. There it is. Um. I think on the biggest level, 
they need to build actions for their default apps to like set an example for developers because we have even some of like the first version of APIs for pages and things like that that can just open a pages document, but I can't grab those documents, append to them, do and create new ones mm-hmm. or anything like that. And so I think setting that example there could help other developers understand how to create shortcuts for their apps or like the different versions too, because I think there's a lot of ways to share stuff into apps, but being able to grab them and act on them in shortcuts isn't something that seems super common. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I'm always disappointed whenever I check numbers going, oh yeah, so I could have it create a new number sheet and then, oh no, no, no. I can only append to an existing number sheet. So I have to do a workaround where I open numbers and then I go back and I type in the name of the file and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a little bit of a disappointment. Though append to numbers does work really well. I'll give them credit for that. I would say I'm trying to be specific because one thing that I really want that's just very specific is the ability to set playback destination to multiple home pods using shortcuts. I think it's kind of absurd that we haven't gotten it at this point. I, that's like that's the best way to do multi-room home scenes that mm-hmm. doesn't exist. And I feel like I mean I just for people listening, we have a Zoom open and both David and Rosemary were like, "Oh yeah, come on," <laughs> because yeah. it is like, <laughs> like every day I want that I think so about bad. That. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know if it's something that we haven't like clearly said is like, please, this one thing would be great. But even just like, I think more clever uses of the default apps. I was thinking like getting my daily agenda from the calendar app as an action, or like, I think just advancing a lot of that stuff was is all the workflow actions still, mm-hmm. and so it hasn't really been expanded upon and made yeah. like improve the utility. Yeah, I wonder if that's something third parties could jump on as well. Like, could a company like FlexiBits make a shortcut that gives you your daily calendar out of these three calendars without having to jump through the hoops of those old workflow actions? You know, I'd, I'd, yeah, they have they have a I think a daily overview. They, they thing, have a j- daily specific. agenda action, but it's specifically for a fantastic hell based. Yeah. Yeah, and I does do it wonder. Work if, off your calendar sets because that could be the way to customize. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but you have to use Fantastical for that. And for some people, you know, they 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 don't want to use Fantastical. They sure. want to use yeah. the native calendar action. I do wonder, as specifically Matthew, your example of you know the the stock apps should have um, actions in yeah. some cases slash better actions in many yeah. cases. Um, I also wonder about shortcuts offering pre configured actions. Like find today's mm-hmm. reminders. That's something that you can oh, do yeah. with That's a great point. with shortcuts actions as is. But t- showing people how to configure that is a little bit tricky. So giving you know having dummy actions that appear say in the menu, which are just pre configured with yeah okay so this is today's reminders yeah. or this week's calendar events. That would actually be really useful for some people because it would show people how to use these actions and how to build them themselves. They have some like of the series shortcut ones for like music is kind of auto-filling that for you. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. Not necessarily just based off of what you would do also like common uses. Um, yeah. I do think even like the settings app should have either the ability to toggle features or open to those pages. Cause where I'm still using all those URL schemes that mm-hmm. half broke for a year and then come back and things like that. So 
I literally made a list of 60, like every single app, just being able to open into files, folders, or pages like that. Um, some more advanced stuff, like, ooh, another one that I totally want and I've wanted for years is the ability for the show notification action to get an open URL parameter where when I show a notification, like from like almost how Pushcuts does, where you can, once you drag on the action on the notification, you can do something from there too. I want the ability to create my own custom notifications where then once like I can almost like save a link for later in my notifications and then open that and go Mm -hmm. back to it. That could be deep link contextual computing like for days with that. That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm currently using the show notification with my car. So when I connect to my car, um, if I haven't opened DataJar um, that day, then it opens DataJar because I was running into a bug. It's, I'm pretty certain it's just that I don't have enough storage space on my 256 gigabyte iPhone. What kind <laughs> of person am I that I'm running out of storage space with that? Um, but uh, it, it would randomly lose or not be able to get all the, the the address lists that I built for my driving destinations. So I open DataJar if I haven't opened it that day. And then it shows me a notification so I can just easily tap on it while I'm, you know, putting my seatbelt on to jump back to shortcuts and then continue the shortcut. Um, But it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a hack. I think the biggest thing that Apple could do to make shortcuts successful is shortcuts for Mac. Because ultimately, I think, especially with like people getting excited about the M1 Macs and just the shared I mean, I don't know. I'm not technical enough to call it a shared architecture, but just conceptually like being more similar and having that functionality, I think is where it would just be amazing and being able to customize it across your devices and stuff like that would be so cool. So (laughs) also just to publicly eat your own dog food. I mean, you're telling everybody that you can run iPad and iPhone apps on these computers. I feel like shortcuts is the ultimate flex there. That's the ultimate like pressure on the that team because yeah, shortcuts is, is ultimately like so native iOS, deep iOS stuff that is like I mean, even just like the fundamentals of um some of like the health things and like that never existed or power GPS management location. and yeah, yeah all that. Um so I'd love to see that kind of thing. But I do think I think there's a lot to shortcuts now. I think even I mean, just like control, basic controls over the Mac from shortcuts would be cool. Like being able to just turn on your computer and stuff that you can do via SSH right now with shortcuts, which most people probably don't know about, but it's still powerful there. And having control over all your iOS devices, like I I put, I would, I would use Apple TV shortcuts if they were on there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've got one that's not on your list, Matthew, which I think you would like. Is uh, just like they've got uh, sections in the Mac uh, in the App Store for uh, in-app purchases and things like that. I kind of feel that there ought to be mm. a section for shortcuts where it lists what shortcuts are available um, for uh, for for an app because that's like data that could actions, be gathered automatically. Basically. Yeah, which yeah. which actions are available so that then you can scroll down and you can look at an app before you even download it and go, nope, no shortcut support, not yeah. for me, thank you. <laughs> Smack your mic or your mic there. Um, yes, even yes. Sorry for the uh, sound effect, people. Like, I got excited and tapped my microphone. <laughs> almost app clip style. If you could run the shortcut but without even really downloading the app or something like that, yeah. and really understand what could be useful there, that would be cool. And I agree. Being able to find and understand what works with shortcuts is the other thing. Like right now, you have to go look in the apps category and just check. 
which I do every time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one way you can learn a lot is heading over to matthewcasanelli.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Two T's, two S's, two L's. You got all the double letters there. Uh, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Go check it out, gang, and check out all of Matt's uh, amazing shortcut catalog and all the great content he has. Maybe you want to sign up as a member. Uh, since we really haven't touched our outline, Matt, that means we're going to have you <laughs> back at some point. So sure, and there'll be less prep work next time or more I because did, we'll probably have new questions. <laughs> I did tap into some of these sections about like how we're building them and the features. I'd say most of it is, is in there, which is good, but I, I always love talking with you all. I was, I was just thinking before I was like, Oh yeah, these are my people. Like I, anything I say, you're not going to be like, Oh, that's crazy. Why would you do that? It's you're like, Oh man, I wish I could do that. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like yep. therapy, therapy for nerds. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Automation therapy. <laughs> well we are the automators you can find us over at relay.fm slash automators thanks again to matt for coming in thank you to our sponsors IntraZone by microsoft expressvpn and devon think and we'll see you next time goodbye everyone